Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jody will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I'm your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, and thank you so much again to everyone around the world for listening to my show. I am so thrilled that you are listening and sharing it with everybody because this is the place where we educate you empower you and inspire you to live a fearlessly authentic life. So with my guests, and my guests are amazing and awesome and bring so much to the show, we want to make your life richer, make you happier, live your fullest, most authentic life. And that is the key ingredient to the show. So in a few minutes, I'm going to bring in my guest. But before I start, I want to remind you to share this podcast, this radio show with your friends, share the link if you're listening live. If you don't get to listen live, to please listen anywhere you listen on podcasts and share this with anybody who you think needs some help in their life. Um, But I wanted to share something before we get started, Uh, something I started when I turned 60 in December that I wanted to go away, get away a little bit from animal-based food, protein in my food. And I started going more plant-based. And the company I started using is Saqqara. And I have never felt better. I, I feel great because I'm not taking in so much animal protein and I just feel lighter, more energetic, and I wanted to share a code that I have with you. They deliver meals to your home, so you don't have to worry about the next meal you're eating or how do you prepare plant-based meals because I had no clue. So besides the meals that they deliver to your home and you could customize them, they also have other products that help to rev up your metabolism and so on. But I want you to go to sakara.com. that's S-A-K-A-R-A, Dot com and use my code XOJody and you will save 20% on your first purchase. So that's sakara.com. Use my code XOJody to save. So you want to save 20%. Okay. So that's it for the food today because, you know, the food makes us feel better. I want to introduce my guest, Nellie. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jody. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I am really excited to have you here too. I came across Nellie um, on TikTok. Her handle is Ask Nellie. She is on Instagram also with that handle. And I came across her because one night, like all of us, I was scrolling through TikTok um, and she just gave such great advice on in relationships. And I, I, I think I watched your videos for probably close to an hour. And (laughs) I loved the advice you were giving because it was so realistic. And I needed to have her on the show and share her with you guys because we're all looking for the same thing. We all want to find love. We all want to be in love. love. And I'm just going to give you a little bit of background on Nellie. Um, She is known as um, on social media as a dating and confidence coach with over 700,000 followers on Instagram and TikTok combined. She shares daily tips and techniques on her platform to help women manifest their dream man and navigate modern dating. And I think it is such a busy, busy place to be. Um, We all need somebody like you. What made you realize that there was a problem there and you needed to get into this kind of messy place and help women find um, manifest their Mr. Right. Yeah. So first of all, thank you, um, for that introduction, Jody. TikTok is definitely a black hole. It's like you go on for two minutes and you end up on there for two hours. (laughs) So true. Um, you know, it, 
was all kind of organic for me. So obviously I have had my own dating experiences and like every other woman and man out there, you know, you talk about it with your friends and you kind of exchange the horror stories. And uh, again, it kind of happened naturally. I was actually helping my sister through some dating issues that she was having. This was about a year ago now. And typically, you know, in the past, I've always been that person that my friends have called on or my siblings have called on for advice. And I didn't really think anything of it. You know, I was kind of engulfed in my corporate world and my entrepreneur ambitions. Um, But uh, I ended up just kind of as a joke. Um, And when I say a joke, I mean, I didn't mean the video itself as a joke, but I didn't think anything of it. It was more just, you know, at the time during quarantine, people were posting TikToks. I thought I'm just going to get in on this joke. So Mm -hmm. I ended up posting a TikTok about what to do when guys ghost you, how how to react. And it was kind of the first um, video I ever made that went viral. So from there, you know, people started commenting, what do I do in this situation? How should I act in that situation? And because I used to work in sales, I've always been a student of human behavior and communication. I really think that everyone is in sales in this world. You're selling yourself. When you're on a date, you're selling yourself. When you're on a um, dating app, you know, that's essentially your modern day business card when you're meeting people. So um, I've applied a lot of those same strategies that got me really far in my corporate world to dating and people really connected to it because I was able to diffuse these things in a way that was more digestible, but also kind of realistic and a little bit of that tough love. Um, So that's kind of how I got started. And it really changed my life. Um, I love more than anything, helping people out. I've always been involved in um, helping women in my community. And so the fact that I'm able to kind of use TikTok or Instagram as that megaphone now um, really just has given me so much purpose. So that's how I got started. It's such an interesting way to get started. And I think it it sounds like it just happened so organically for you. Your sister mm-hmm. needed help. You realized that you had like these tools from your job mm-hmm. that you could just sort of transfer into, okay, let's see, why is this person ghosting you? Is that Was that the problem when yeah. you started helping her? Well, yeah. And, you know, also understanding men, right? So my sister is younger and I think like a lot of young women, you know, it's twofold, right? So with young women, it's navigating this new world of how do I interact with men so that I'm not getting taken advantage of and I'm getting respected, but I'm also getting the guy I want, right? Right. And then for older women, it's who I also, you know, have a lot of experience with because again, I was so high up in this corporation, I was constantly dealing with people who are older than me. And so I had to mature a lot quicker in that in that world. With older women, it's how do I not navigate modern dating? Because it's not the same as it was before. And growing up, you know, in this era, every month, something, some new app is out, you know, there's a new, um, it's just ever changing, right? So it's twofold in that sense. And I think being able to kind of break it down in a manner that makes sense for people of all ages, um, because the struggle is the same, whether you're 22 or 42 or 62, the struggle is the same. And all men and women want is to find love, but getting there, that's the struggle. It is. And I, you know, I said that when I was just promoting the show that no matter what age it is, and I talk about aging fiercely Mm -hmm. and no matter how old you are, whether you're 25, 45, 65, we're all trying, we all may fear something going forward and we're all looking for the same things. It's really not a difficult thing, but it's how you get there. It's how you navigate through things. And I don't know if when I was your age, if it was easier to find love because we didn't have all this technology being thrown in at us, or if it's easier now, but maybe more overwhelming because you're always on. So when I was growing up and we Mm -hmm. were dating, you met a guy through a friend or you went to a party. Right. Um, But now, and then you got to go home or you got in a cab and you went home or you got in your car and you went home if you weren't having a good time. But now it's everything's on the phone and you never Mm -hmm. get away from it. Does that ever, is is, is you find that that's a problem with the dating world? 
it's definitely an added complexity, right? That we mm-hmm. that wasn't there before. Because in the past, you know, if someone wanted to take you on a date, they had to call and they had to have a, a reason to call, right? Um, and you, like you mentioned, you were kind of only exposed to the dating pool um, within your vicinity, right? People you could physically actually meet. Whereas now people are meeting through social media. Someone could be in one city or one country and find someone in another country and connect that way. And there are pros and cons to that, right? So right. the advantage is obviously we're more interconnected and maybe the types of people you are exposed to in 2021, you would never have gotten the chance to meet in the eighties or the seventies. But on the flip side, it also means that there is an abundance of people. And when you have an abundance of something, not only is it more overwhelming, but it's also um, it's also more challenging because I think a lot of women fear that men are meeting more women and perhaps, you know, talking to other women and men feel that, you know, the competition is higher. So it just adds more complexity and more competitiveness. And it kind of creates this fast food dating era. You, you mentioned, you mentioned that. And I think that's what's overwhelming. I mean, I have, I have two daughters. One is married. One is, one is like out there dating and not that I'm going to talk about her or anything like that, but it's just, you know, sometimes when I think about that dating world, I'm, I'm really glad I'm not in it, but I was in it from 2002, basically until I got married two years ago. And it was, it was, it wasn't as overwhelming as it is right now because it was just like match.com, you know? Right. Um, and it was exciting because I was like, whoa, there's all these men out there. I have like, mm-hmm. whoa, it's, I was excited about, I was one of those right. weird people that loved dating so much. I found it a challenge. Um, but I, I know things have changed a lot right now. So what it's, you know, I told you when we first started talking that I love talking about relationships and dating mm-hmm. and things like that. It's fascinating to me. So let's start at the beginning. So if we want the state of being single, mm. we kind of touched on it, mm-hmm. but what is the state of being single? What do you know about the single girls out there? Well, I think everybody is different, right? But there's a couple different types of single people. There's the person who's truly, truly single, right? And that would be kind of someone in their um, most purely single state. So not seeing anyone, not dating. Um, Maybe they're on the apps, but they're not going on dates. Then there's the person who's single who is putting themselves out there, you know, still giving it an effort. And I always say dating um, is kind of like finding a job. I don't like to compare it to work, but if you want to meet someone, especially now, you need to be actually connecting with people in person. You need to be putting your eff- the effort in. It's almost like if you were to apply for a job um, and you only applied to one place and you know you went on one interview, well, the likelihood of you getting that job is a lot less than if you you know, send your resume to 10 or 20 places and go on three or four interviews. And then you have a few people, a few companies that actually want to hire you. So it is a numbers game. So that's one type of single. And then there's the single where it's like people fall into this situationship. You know, they're seeing someone, they think they're exclusive, but they don't really know because they haven't had the conversation. I'm so glad. All right. So will you get into that? Because I hear it with even people my age. I know we're talking about all ages. Right. Well, I don't know. Do I ask him? Okay. So Mm -hmm. yeah, no, you're hundred percent. Right. And you know, it's confusing. I always say, if you are in that state, what you should do is make sure when you have that conversation, it's in person, because if you're texting someone and, you know, over the phone saying, what are we, are we exclusive? I want to be in a relationship. You're giving them the opportunity to potentially manipulate a text message back to you that either, you know, softens the blow or is not honest because they want to spare your feelings and you're not able to see their body language. So I think it's really important to have that conversation in person because then you can see based on whether someone curls up or they're super open, how much they hesitate, how eager they are, what they really want. And I think asking that question open-endedly as opposed to projecting what you expect. You know, a lot of women say, I really like you. I want to make sure you're not seeing anyone. You're already leading 
that con- into that conversation with expectation. And men don't want to disappoint you. Men do not. I, I coach a lot of men too. And what's consistent in a lot of men who I, I have spoken to is they don't want to be assholes. They don't want to be the bad guy. They just don't know how to be honest because they're afraid of hurting your feelings. And I think a lot of women look at situations and they try to romanticize them into something that they're not, as opposed to just looking at actions for what they are. So that's where a lot of the kind of broken telephone takes place in dating. Um, and that's why I think it's important to have it in person. Do and you, you brought up. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's important early on when you're, when you first start talking, so you're on the app and then they say, let's get off the app. Let's mm-hmm. talk via text or whatever they all do. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you see all these TikToks about when he calls, when he FaceTimes you, you know, and you're like sitting on a sofa eating popcorn with your dog and you have no makeup on mm-hmm. and you're wearing your pajamas from sixth grade. So right. it's, it's um, how do you, what what is the protocol from, so if you're trying to get to know somebody before you meet mm-hmm. them, do you mm-hmm. suggest that they FaceTime that person so they can see that body language? Well, so with with what I was just explaining, that's when you're actually already kind of hooking up with someone or dating them, but you aren't exclusive yet. As far as what you're referring to, you know, before you go on a date, it depends. You know, some people want to do what I call a vibe check, which is, you know, before you commit to putting on an outfit or buying a new outfit, putting a full face of makeup on, yeah, FaceTime me and let's see if we even get along. Um, and then I think also for men, some guys don't want to, you know, splash out on a date. They don't want to plan it, pay for it, all the stuff. And also, if we're being fair, I think a lot of men fear that women don't look the same way on their profiles as they do in person. So they're, the guys I've coached, at least, are like, I don't even know if this girl looks the way she looks. I want to FaceTime her first. Right. That being said, um, that's not everyone. And I think if a guy is really serious about you, he might want to just kind of bypass that whole stage and just meet you in person. Um, someone's, uh, a guy's date and the, the things that he plans, I think are a direct reflection of how he views you and how committed he is to getting to know you, right? So if a guy, for example, um, specifically, you know, we saw this a lot in lockdown, doesn't want to meet up with you in person or, you know, really go the extra mile to make you feel courted. Um, you know, it, it just means that he doesn't view you as a priority or prize to be one. Um, and I, I think that's a really hard pill for a lot of women to swallow because it's something that we take so personally. Um, Oh, what do you mean? He doesn't see me as a prize to be one. Instead of looking at it that way, you have to look at it as this isn't your guy. Right. And that's, a that's as you said, that's a very hard pill because we all have egos. We talked about mm-hmm. that before and we all have egos and it's really hard because you put yourself out there, you put your best self out there and you're feeling like that guy that you kind of dig doesn't want to make the effort for the mm-hmm. date. And you don't want to seem needy by saying so. We should we get like, what do you do? Should we mm-hmm. get together for a drink? Like, yeah. When, how, when should a girl know that that guy doesn't want to plan a date to see her? When she feels like she is going to lose him. So I think that's something most women inherently know. It's almost a gut feeling you get. And that's what drives a lot of the neediness and the desperation of, okay, well, should I text him? And then you start overthinking it or you start looking at the minutes. It's been three hours and 12 minutes since he texted me. What does that mean? You know, um, whenever you start to fear losing someone, that's when that desperation kicks in. And instead of acting on that, I want you to examine that, look at it, acknowledge it, digest it. And take a moment to pause because when you start to give into that desperation, not only is it a turnoff for men, I do think men kind of have that sixth sense where they can tell when a woman really, really wants them. Absolutely. And, um, and then it also doesn't leave you feeling that good at the end of it, because as a woman, you don't want to be the one texting him first and making plans. You might be, it's, and this is where I, I think people kind of get confused, right? Because a lot of people say, well, what's wrong with the woman texting a guy first? There's nothing wrong with it. It's when you feel like if you don't, you're never going to hear back. 
and that is what you're you're basing that motivation on, you have to listen to that because that's your intuition telling you, mm, I don't think this is uh, I don't think this is a guy that's that into me. And, you know, it also is something that I don't think women should take personal if you're in that situation, because timing is everything. And, you know, not all men who you meet at a specific point in time are either emotionally mature or have the capacity to be in a relationship and they might recognize that you do. And maybe they just want to disqualify themselves from the running because they know they can't offer you what you want. And I think this is where a lot of women get fed up with dating is we see potential in people and we start to put them on a pedestal and try to convince them. And then we create this whole scenario in our brain of how perfect things will be. And that really sets us up for failure. So I think kind of looking at things the way men look at things in a lot of circumstances, which is just realistically, um, as opposed to romanticizing things based on actions that haven't been taken is a dangerous path to go on. I have two questions about what you just said. Convincing. I know mm. that from being in sales myself mm. and basically I'm selling myself all the time as yeah. you know, an owner of a business and what I do here, that once you start trying to convince people that you're their person, whether it's in business or romantically, the game's over. Yeah. The game is over. You cannot convince anybody because once you cross over that line, now you become desperate. Mm -hmm. And that's when you need to, as I say, if a client, you know, once they come in, I tell them what I could do. Here's the price. They don't put their card down. They don't put down any money. Mm -hmm. There's the door. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. Because I'm not here to convince you. And you get that with experience um, and you get that with, you know, learning about yourself, some personal growth and nothing is better than the hard knocks of life, right? Yeah. I always say don't chase attract because when you start chasing men, what it actually does is it repels them. I think, you know, men want to feel like they earned you. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know, loves a competition and women even, you know, love a competition, but sure. letting yourself be courted as a woman and be chased and not having to kind of overextend yourself, I think will help you feel in a relationship like you really were one. And I think women deserve to feel that way. And I think in return, men will feel that way because they're going to feel happy that they finally got someone who they were able to earn. People want to put in work. They value things that they have to work for. And that's just common sense. I mean, it's not even just in dating. I learned that lesson when I was 14 and I got my first job. You know, um, I valued my my paycheck a lot more when I was putting in the hours for it. Um, And men men are that way too. Um, So I think that's kind of the key is instead of chasing someone, focus on just developing, you know, the energy that attracts those things into your life. And that's why I truly believe you can manifest Mr. Right. You can manifest love. You can manifest success or the, you know, life that you want. You just have to approach it, you know, with more abundance and, um, and the types of affirmations that, you know, bring those, those things that you really want and are seeking into your life. Yeah. It's, it all sounds so simple Mm. and (laughs) it sounds very simple. And if we could just take your advice, then everything, you know, once a woman, let's just say she doesn't feel like that man is making her a priority and she seems to already like him. And as you said, is already romanticizing about, oh, he's this and he's that. And he has, she hasn't, she hasn't even met him yet. Mm. And do you think overall women are more emotional and men are more realistic? So I have, you know, I don't want to mass categorize all women okay. and all men. Yeah, that's fine as emotional versus logical, but I do have this theory or it's actually my theory. It's just a theory that I apply in a lot of my things. I think it was actually written about years ago and it's called spaghetti brain, waffle brain. So spaghetti brain, if you think about a spaghetti, a plate of spaghetti, right? It's like a bunch of noodles all jumbled up. Um, that 
to represent women, especially when I'm talking to male clients. I'm like, it's not that she's, um, you know, it's not that she's dramatic. She says spaghetti brain. And basically what that means is we are multitaskers. We are thinking about our date. We're thinking about our outfit, picking up our kids, going to, you know, work. We're thinking about all these things all at the same time. And sometimes it can kind of come across overwhelming for men. Whereas men have what I call, or again, it was theorized years ago, waffle brain. Um, if you think about a waffle, it's little tiny compartments right. and the syrup doesn't really spill over. It's like when you're in one compartment, you're not thinking about the other. When he's at work, he's not thinking about you. When he's um, you know, watching sports, he's not looking at your text. And so that's where I think a lot of the, the miscommunication happens. Um, and again, different degrees for different people, but um, I, I would say it's pretty, from what I've seen, pretty common. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sometimes, and if you're a woman and you can have that waffle brain too, or try mm. to have a little bit of that waffle brain so you understand the man a little bit more and vice versa so he can understand us, then I think that's the perfect combination of, and we'll, when we come back from the break, because we're going to take a break in about 30 seconds, um, we'll talk about coming forward with that feminine energy mm. versus women feeling like they need to move forward with their masculine energy and the mixed message we're throwing out there given where we are in society. So we will be right back in a few minutes with Ask Nelly with more dating tips and insight to help you find love. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. On Fearlessly Authentic, Jody talks about mental and physical well-being, and the key to both starts with proper nutrition. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan was created to help your body feel better. Whether your goal is to lose weight, gain muscle, or just feel lighter and more energetic, Following this meal plan can help you get there. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a 21-day plan to help you learn the most important things about the food we eat and what foods are right for you based on your goals and activity level. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a real plan for real life. This is not a diet, but a change in lifestyle. The plan is simple and easy for you to follow. In the 21-day plan, you will receive meal ideas, snack ideas, a grocery list, and a 21-day journal crucial to your success with inspirational quotes to keep you motivated and keep track of your progress. The key to success is commitment, consistency, and willpower. Be fearless and trust the journey. Go to JodyFit.com to purchase the JodyFit meal plan now and use the promo code PODCAST to get 25% off. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison-Bauer. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments you may have. Send an email to info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. That's info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. Now, back to Fearlessly Authentic. Welcome back, everybody. Um, so we have 30 minutes left to ask all these questions, and I have a ton of questions for you, Nellie. And you're helping, you're going to be helping so many people. Um, all right. So we are back with Ask Nellie. She is a dating coach. Mm -hmm. um, a dating expert. Um, she's helping women find love, manifest their Mr. Right. And you can find her on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, anyplace else. Uh, that's pretty much it. That's where the bulk of my, uh, my content is. Yeah. So. That's how I found her was on TikTok. So you've got to, got to follow her on TikTok. Um, let's get into, we talked about the state of single. Let's talk about, um, we're in a coffee shop. We see a cute yeah. guy. We feel like talking to him. We, we're like, okay, 
I, I see somebody, I'm going to go outside of my comfort zone, which is so hard for everybody. Right. But let's, let's get into that. Like, because you're not, online dating isn't the only place you're going to meet somebody. We're going to use a coffee shop or you're at a party or you're away for the summer or you're away for a weekend mm-hmm. and you're in a bar or a club or whatever. Mm-hmm. Everything's open now. You see somebody. You, you, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go and approach this person because this is my time. How do you suggest mm-hmm. somebody who's a little afraid or a lot afraid does that? Yeah, it's a great question. And I'm happy you brought it up because, you know, as we were talking before the break about the differences between old school dating and kind of modern dating is, um, you know, we've in a sense lost the art of communication. And I think a lot of us are so used to being on our phones that when we are in a coffee shop or a gym or wherever, and we see a hot guy, or if you're a guy and you're listening and you see a hot girl, you know, it's almost like you're paralyzed in that moment. You don't know what to do. Right. How do you talk to them? But you don't want to come across creepy. What I like to do is, um, you know, I have this thing called the inanimate object opener. Basically what that means is instead of, you know, going up, to the person and just being like, Hey, what's your name? Or, you know, complimenting them because again, you want to keep your cool. You don't want to come across like an eager beaver, but you need to plant the seed. Um, I think a good way to do it is to pick an inanimate object kind of in the vicinity. So like if you were at a, you know, a coffee shop, you could say, Oh, have you tried the blueberry muffins? I'm thinking about that, but I don't know if I should get that or the croissant Or if you're in a gym, you know, you could say, do you know where the steam room is? I've been looking around, you know, pick something that is relative to your surroundings and make a comment on that. Use that as your icebreaker, because from there, based on how they respond to the situation, you'll be able to gauge whether they're interested or not. So if they are interested, they might, you know answer your question, but also kind of parlay it into something else. Oh, do you live around here? Never seen you before. Um, I would definitely go for the blueberry. You look like a blueberry kind of girl or um, something along those lines. Or if they're not interested, they might be friendly, but they're not going to keep the conversation going. And I think it's really good because it's rejection proof for the person in the position where who's asking. Right. So even yesterday I was walking down the street And a random guy approached me and he asked me, you know, if I knew of any good clothing stores. And I thought that was a really good way of kind of leveraging the inanimate object opener, because again, he wasn't asking me about myself, even though I have a feeling he probably wanted to, um, because that is where it kind of parlayed into, but he was using something and, and that's really the way to do it, guys, whether you're in a gym, a coffee shop, you're looking for a clothing store, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, and I think the more you do it, you practice, you know, and also for me, I'm in a relationship, so I'm not looking for anybody, but I know that even when I've complimented somebody on their sneakers or a gym bag or whatever it might be, Mm -hmm. they could interpret it as I'm flirting with them, but I'm not flirting. I'm just actually saying it's nice because Mm -hmm. if the conversation, as you said, led to something else, Mm -hmm. I'd shut it down because I'm not looking for a date. Right. So, and and that's where, you know, where it's like rejection proof is that that Mm -hmm. guy, if he's married or he's in a relationship or he he just doesn't dig you, he's going to be like, "Um, yeah, I don't know. I've never tried anything here. So yeah, sorry. And then they look away. You're like, okay, cool. (laughs) You're so right. You're so right. And there are kind of two things I drew out of that. The first is it, you know, it seems really scary at first when you are in that situation. But the way to kind of get around that is just to get comfortable being a conversationalist. So that means practicing it everywhere, even with people you're not attracted to. So when you're at the grocery store, get in the rhythm of kind of chatting up the cashier. That way, when you do have that moment and you really want to kind of take it, it's a lot less scary. And the second thing I think a lot of women struggle with is we don't want to be outed for flirting, right? We want the man to be the first, the one to make the first move, but giving him that little encouragement by opening the door, kind of cracking it open slightly um, is going to help create that. And, you know, you can flirt just with your body language. You don't need to kind of come up, you know, come out with like a pickup line, which is a little bit, um, you know, I I think, uh, it can, it can be a little cheesy. It is cheesy. Just smile and be friendly. And sometimes that's honestly all it takes. So what do you suggest? Okay. You gave us the shop coffee shop. I don't want to spend the whole time talking about this, but if you're in a bar, okay. Mm -hmm. So 
mostly the 20s, 30-somethings. They're in bars or or they could be in a coffee shop, but everybody's out and about and having a good time now. You're in a bar. It's hard to say, like, what would you say? You're standing next to somebody ordering a drink. He's cute. Do you say, you don't say, so Come here often. No, <laughs> so, I didn't make a joke about that, you know? Right. So, okay. It, I think it's important to kind of draw things from your surroundings and create a conversation around that. So let's say I was at a bar with a friend and my friend was off talking to a guy and I was kind of standing there and I just wanted to talk to someone. And I turned to the guy next to me and I noticed he had a clear drink. I could say, oh, I didn't know guys drink uh, clear drinks. I, you know, you look like the type of guy who'd be, you know, downing a Um, an old fashioned or something like that. And then he could take that as bait and turn it into something bigger. Um, It's really just about using little things from your surroundings and creating conversation as opposed to, Hey, what's your name? Or something like that. Um, I also, again, I think body language is big. So when you are talking to a guy at a bar, make sure you give physical cues that show you're interested. For example, if your, you know, arms are crossed and you're hunched over in the corner, it's going to be a lot harder for people to approach you. And even if you approach them, they're not going to get the feeling that you're a very open person. Whereas if your shoulders are back and you're kind of fiddling with your hair and you're smiling, it can, you know, give them more, it it gives an indication that you're open and interested. And men, pick up on that on a subconscious level. They don't think in that moment, she's hitting on me. They think she's a cute girl, you know, and she's feminine. So that's kind of where women, I think, can make the first move um, in a more subconscious way. And then the guy, here's the funnest, the the funnest, as I say, the funniest and the best part of it is men think they made the first move, right? That's whenever, why, whenever you talk to couples, it's like, who made the first move? They're always bickering about it. Men think they made the first move, but really you secretly gave them the opener. Right, right. And I'm glad you talked about body language because it could be so subtle, just moving your shoulders facing forward to that person. Mm -hmm. And, And again, the more you do it, it's like anything working out, trying new ways to eat, mm-hmm. new forms of exercise. The more you try it, it, you might feel super uncomfortable, but then you get then you get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think that's yeah. that's the most important thing. Even if you're doing, if you're online dating, wherever your situation is, get comfortable with it by doing it more often. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the feminine energy, and I really wanted to get into that because I think that given the state of where women are in this in society right now that a lot of women all of all ages feel that they need to be the boss all the time mm-hmm. you know they need to be the boss babe you know we're always talking about being boss being in charge but mm-hmm. we don't always i can speak as a 60 year old woman i don't want to be in charge all the time i want to mm-hmm. be treated like a woman i want to be courted i want to be taken out on a date i want the door open for me you know, if you're that girl that doesn't want those things, then that's okay. Let You'll let your guy know that. But mm-hmm. I think most women want to, want to use their feminine energy in yeah. any relationship. Um, so I wanted to ask you about that. How do you find that balance of being, you know, like a tough girl at work, but then leading with your feminine energy. So that man knows, Hey, I want to be treated like a girl and not like a guy. Yeah. You're absolutely spot on Jody. Um, you know, dating should be fun. And I think when you lead with that, it can help put things into perspective. You might know the best place in town to go. You might have a million great recommendations. And, you know, I think that is something that in a sense gets a lot of women far in their careers because, you know, being able to take on a lot and again, lead with your spaghetti brain, be a phenomenal multitasker um, has, has significantly helped propel a lot of women in their careers and in the workforce. The issue is it doesn't work in dating um, because men want to be around women who make them feel like men, period, end of story. And Say if that, that again, Nelly. <laughs> Men want to be around women who make them feel like men. And that's why I think a lot of women who are incredibly type A and have their lives together and are just, you know, beautiful and successful and independent, look at sometimes relationships and they think, what does she have that I don't have? Maybe it's all, maybe all that she has that, you know, that 
is, that you don't have is she's able to make her man feel needed. And, um, and he wants that. So at the end of the day, when you, as far as leading with your feminine energy goes, when you kind of get into a state of receiving and not resisting, it really changes the dynamic. And again, that is not something we're used to doing in our, in our careers. If if you approach your career with, I'm just going to sit back and wait for what comes, you aren't going to get very far. Great. But if you approach dating with that as in, okay, well, he wants to get to see me. He wants to see me. He wants to go to this place. He offered to pick me up. He offered to pick up the bill. Thank you with a smile and genuine appreciation makes men feel incredible because men want to feel appreciated. It's part of, you know, it's part of what makes them feel like they're able to protect and, um, and it taps into that innate instinct. And again, I started off this little bit by dating should be fun. Dating and life can be really stressful. Why wouldn't it be better if the only thing that you had to worry about was what you were wearing and showing up and looking cute Right. And, and, that, and that doesn't mean that you're not thinking and that you're not being strong. It's just saying, you know, like, let him take over the mm-hmm. wheel where he wants to. Like, there needs to be that. It's, a, again, finding that balance. And it's not about being the damsel in distress. We're not talking oh, no. about that at all. No, no. It's it's actually empowering because not only will it make you feel more, um, special because, you know, a guy's kind of putting an extra effort for you, but we make enough decisions in our life, you know, why make more? And, um, it's definitely not being a damsel in distress. If anything, it's just, um, it's just being, uh, respectful toward yourself because when you are able to distinguish, uh, distinguish, um, a man's respect for you and see that as effort, you respect yourself more. You know, I respect myself enough to know that um, I'm going to entertain men who, you know, really put in effort and, you know, don't just kind of look at me like a cheap date type of thing. Um, So I think it's actually empowering from that perspective. It's not about being a damsel in distress and acting dumb. Um, Men want intelligent women, and I don't think you should dumb yourself down. Um, But there's a difference between leading with your resume and leading with, um, you know, feminine energy, save the resume for the interview. If you're focused, um, you know, if you're focused on finding a relationship, then your attention needs to be on developing emotional intimacy and not, you know, interviewing candidates, that stuff comes out. And I've talked about on my, um, platforms before kind of being like Nobu, which is a sushi restaurant. Um, you know, when you go on a date, Little tiny appetizers, little tiny portions, one at a time. Keep the keep him a little hungry. You don't need to give him your entire life story and then some. You know, this isn't an all-you-can-eat buffet where it's here. Here's everything, all in the first date. Um, oh, and by the way, you know, I'll take you home tonight. It's no men want to feel like again you're giving them little bits of you, and that way it keeps things more fun, keeps them more interesting. It adds mystery, but you're not doing it from a calculated way. You're just doing it because you respect yourself enough to know that not everyone deserves to know every single thing about you off the bat. That has to be earned, and that's having you know the the high value system. How do you value yourself and do you tell every stranger that you meet your whole life story? Well, maybe it's a stranger because you may think you'll never see them again. But if there's no reason to, I, I love the uh, the analogy, the appetizer versus you know the buffet. You do mm-hmm. not you do not need to to dump all of that information on the first date. Keep mm-hmm. them interested. They want some mystery. Of you course, know, I think it goes both ways. You wouldn't want to know everything about that man. The, on the very first date, then you, you'd be exhausted. You'd be like, well, okay, well, I know everything. Like, where do we go from here? You know? I think that's something that a lot of women struggle with is how do I maintain a high value mindset? And I really think confidence kind of is, will they, it's not, will they like me? It's I'll be okay if they don't. Um, you know, I've kind of, I'm a huge fan of analogies again, because I come from kind of a business background. Um, and one that I, 
always kind of go back to is if you think of yourself like a Lamborghini, you know, maybe you'll give test rides to certain customers who come in and, you know, not everyone wants to commit to the car. They want to test it out. That's fine. It's kind of like sleeping with a guy right before you're in a relationship. It's like, okay, you can test drive the car. But, um, but if someone is not willing to pay your car's price by the Lamborghini doesn't mean they don't appreciate that it's a beautiful car. Doesn't mean it's not a beautiful car. It doesn't mean that it's not, you know, still top of the line. It just, it, but Lamborghini isn't going to be like, okay, well, this person's about to walk away from the sale. Um, I'm going to just, you know, slash 50% off this car. They don't do because that. Because you don't want to lose the sale. Exactly. Because you don't want to lose the sale. It's no, I'm going to wait for the right customer. I'm going to wait until someone who can afford to, um, you know, have this car. And it, when I say afford, I mean more in a courtship sense, right? Someone who's right. willing to put in the time, willing to, you know, pull out all the stops and all of that. Whatever. And you sees the high value. Of course. And you, of course, every single person decides that the, the their own value, but, um, but it's being able to understand that you don't need to lower your standard or in the Lamborghini example, lower your price because you're trying to chase someone, whether it's a man or a customer. Um, and that's why I say, you know, don't chase, attract, focus on reminding yourself of how incredible you are and be prepared to let people go who, you know, maybe their, their ceiling is your floor and that's okay. You know, we don't need to pretend to be something we're not because we're trying so desperately to hold on to something we don't have. Right. And I, you know, I talked to so many women about this owning who they are. It's the same mm-hmm. thing. You know, when you go out on the date or you create that profile or you talk to somebody in a coffee shop or in a bar, own who you are. Don't mm-hmm. change for them. Yes, we can bend a little bit, but we're not going to crouch and mold ourselves to fit into something. We cannot be somebody we're not. And mm-hmm. that lack of authenticity, when we do throw out a vibe to a, a guy, is so um, lacking if it isn't you. And yeah. they can see right through it. They'll be they'll be able to see that you're shaking in your pants. This isn't something you're comfortable with. Or, hey, she's making an effort. You know, it could be interpreted so many different ways, mm-hmm. but own who you are. Don't change for that person and and just continue to hold your value system. I, you know, I have friends that are dating and some of them are saying, I won't date anybody unless they have, um, you know, a graduate degree. Mm. That's their value system. For some mm-hmm. reason, that's important to them. Other mm-hmm. women I talk to say, you know, they have to be driving this kind of car. They need to be having this kind of house. You know, mm-hmm. that's totally, that's personal. I don't, you know, I don't, Change, try to change their mind. But again, it goes to what are your principles? What are your values? And stick with it. Don't lower it. Don't change it. Mm-hmm. Stick with it unless maybe it's not working and maybe you need to adjust like in business, like in life. We have to adjust yeah. to find it, right? Yeah. I say, you know, have five or six non-negotiables um, where things you know, get really dangerous when you kind of have this laundry list of he needs to be all of these things. He's be six foot tall. He's be blah, 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 blah. It's you're allowed to you're allowed to kind of decide those things for yourself. But when you get too picky, or you're not picky enough, right? On the flip side, a lot of the times you end up resenting the things that you knew from the get go were there. Um, and so I think have a few things that you stick to. That way you're not, you know, you're not compromising. And like you said, Jody, being incredible, you know, being incredibly transparent and not making excuses or apologizing for that, that's a part of authenticity. And authenticity is something that is now becoming more and more rare, but it's still the most attractive quality a person can have. Um, because you know, we all have the capacity to be authentic, but I think with social media and I think with just everything around us it feels like we have to become what everyone else is. And, um, and again, confidence isn't, will they like me? It's I'll be okay if they don't, because at the end of the day, what matters the most is whether you like yourself. Right. And we talked about, I've, I've been posting confidence is sexy for years. I've been talking to my clients about sexy and being confident because you can't be sexy if you're not confident, because mm. it's not even trying to be, it's not even trying to be sexy. You will automatically be sexy and throw out that vibe mm-hmm. because you're confident. Yes. Because men and women will find it sexy if yes. you're confident. It's just, it's just something we all try to be 
And mm. we are at different times, but when we're always confident, it's super sexy. And that it's that vibe. When mm-hmm. somebody says they like your vibe, it's usually comes from that confidence. Yeah. You know? I call it the hot girl mindset. Um, mm. You know, being hot, being, uh, as you said, sexy isn't a physical thing. People think, oh, well, you know, if I, uh, if I, if I dress like this or if I lose weight or if I'm, you know, then I'll be there you have everything you need already. You just have to embrace it and own it. And again, you know, not make excuses for it. And if you don't like what something about yourself, the great thing about life is you can change it. You can change things about you if, if you want, but, um, but I love that. And I agree so much with it. We talked about making him earn it. We have three Mm. minutes left. Um, I know. I wanted to ask you, what are, we have three minutes, so we have to answer these questions quickly because I yes. need them answered um, because I know a lot of girls who are listening. Um, keywords that will make him melt. Give it to me, Nelly. All right. So um, I think the word trust is good because um, men want to feel again, men like women who make them feel like men. So if you say to a guy, you know, I trust your decision. If he's mm-hmm. like, where should we go on this date? I trust your decision. You seem like a foodie you know, makes men melt because they feel like, okay, she trusts me. Uh, and then they fall into their masculine energy. Yes. Another word is safe. Um, if you tell a guy that you feel safe around him, um, you know, it's like, it's like music to his ears because again, men are kind of hardwired to want to protect women. Um, and so, uh, trust and safe are, are usually good. And then the third one I would say is kind of maybe, maybe your might, you know, men live for the maybe if you're kind of just, you know, and it's not about being intentionally ambiguous. It's just leaving a little bit to the imagination, you know, making them feel like they have to earn you. They got to put in work. Maybe he'll go on that date if he's a good, if he's a good boy that day. Um, so, uh, those are kind of the words that I think universally men, uh, typically really fall for. Those are good words. I like that. Um, we have about one minute left and I have to ask you, since we've talked about so many things and, you know, a lot of these things have to do with being fearless, taking Mm -hmm. those risks, Mm -hmm. um, being your most truthful self, being your authentic self, what, what does it mean for you to be fearlessly authentic? I thought about this, um, before coming on your show, because I just love the name of it. Fearlessly authentic. Um, it sounds cliche Jody, but I think listening to your heart, we all have a little voice inside of us. And we talk to that little voice. Sometimes we ignore that little voice, but once we start listening to that little voice, um, that's when our lives really change. And that's when we step into authenticity and, um, we can't change what we don't acknowledge. And we're never going to be our truest, most authentic self. If we don't have the confidence or the courage to listen to that little voice inside of us, that's telling us, you know, what we know inherently to be true. Sort of like that gut instinct, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where a lot of with relationships, people end up ignoring and then they kind of, at the end of the day, go, oh, I wish I listened to that little voice. <laughs> I know. It's so true. To listen I'm to sure your heart. Everybody wants you to be their best friend right now. Nellie, thank you so, so much for being on the show. I know we could talk for hours. I definitely Good. have to have you back on the show because we have to talk about so much more. But thank you so much. And again, if anybody oh, needs to you. reach out to you, um, how can they contact you? Best way. So um, I get a lot of DMs, but my social media is all ask.nelly and that's where I have daily content. So find me there. And thank you so much, Jody, for having me on your show. This was a blast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you everybody for listening and I'll catch you next week. Have a great weekend. Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you.